Season 2, Episode 2 of Not So Much The Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I'm your host, Kareen, joined as ever by the fabulous Kim. Hello. Perfectly adequate Ari. Hello, I've been invited again. special guest, <gasps> the untested Trisha. <laughs> Hello, Trisha. Hi. Welcome. Hello. I feel better now. Yes. <laughs> it sounds so important, Season 2, Episode 2. We don't usually yes. Yeah. 31 episodes. Yep. And, Trisha, I'm glad that you've joined us on what can only be described as the worst 47 minutes of television I have ever, ever watched. So, (laughs) welcome to episode two, or, and here's where I was going to bring in my Kanye sunglasses, but I don't own any of them. And this is also a podcast, so a bit tricky. So, settle in, ladies. Strap in. What's a mob to a king? What's a king to a god? What's a god to a non-believer? You don't believe in anything. Welcome to Who Mourns for Adonius? I refuse to do any research to see how to pronounce that properly. Adonai. No. 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 Pretty sure it's Adonai. No. It's a combination of Adonis. It's from a poem by Shelley commemorating the death of Keats. And it's a combination of, supposed to be of Adonis and some other guy, which I would have written down had I cared about this episode, because I did not, I refuse to put in any more than cursory research on Wikipedia. Alright then, someone somewhere knows how to pronounce this, and we'll let them have that. Yeah, and it's yep. not going to be comfortable us. with that. It's not going to be I'm also us. comfortable with letting Kareem continue to field these particular types of research questions. Because <laughs> I wasn't even going to bother. So I would just like to start this podcast by saying Gilbert Ralston... Ralston. Did Ralston, he write it? Yes. Ralston, writer of this episode. So much to You're on notice. <laughs> You're on a list that I have that I update regularly. <laughs> and let me just let you know, even though you are probably dead, <laughs> you are on that list. This was not a good episode. It was not. Okay, so factoid though. Okay. Mark Daniels, who directed this, who has directed many, many Star Trek episodes. Mm. Yeah. This is his favorite episode. You're kidding. Jason Alexander, who plays uh George. On like, oh, George Costa. Oh, that George guy. Costanda. Okay. Huge Star Trek fan. Yes. Huge Star Trek fan. This is his episode, favorite episode of Star Trek. Why? Are these people who don't really like sci-fi just really wish that everything was a Ray Harryhausen Or film? these people who just really want to be a god with a gorgeous woman to worship at their feet? I mean, the director, fine. Film people are weird, but... Really? Yeah. I don't understand. Obviously, we have a different opinion from Jason (laughs) Alexander in, I would say, most things. Mm. Most things. Most things. Reasonable. But I am at a total loss on how someone could watch this and come out going, yeah, that was a great, great piece of work. Then again, there's an entire generation of people that think that Foundation is good literature. No comment. There is no accounting for taste. No comment. Yeah. Okay, even Foundation or any of Asimov. And yeah, I'm throwing down against Asimov. He was an adequate writer. <laughs> I love some Adam- Asimov. You but and him have something Foundation in was a goddamn struggle. Asimov. <laughs> Just like this episode. Asimov is the Robots of Dawn trilogy. Yeah. I like that one. I love one. those. I love the Norby Chronicles. I love iRobot. Foundation causes me pain. Okay. So this is a bizarre episode of television, which I feel like actually segues nicely into Stargate. Really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. False, false gods. gods. Yeah, false because gods. we have these gods. But in this case, they're not technically false 
Gods, well, it's, I guess. It's, it's aliens with superpowers yet again. Like Our least favorite theme. Oh god, yes. I know. Like I kept wondering through this whole episode, it's like, is this dude related to Trelay? Like Tre uh, Trelane. Trelane. I, I was like, like Trevelyan. I'm like, this is not a James Bond movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Trelane. Like, are these like cues? Like what the hell? They're just supposed to be superpowered gods who moseyed over to Earth five thousand years ago, banged some shepherdesses. And we're like worshipped by killing sheep. Sure. Okay. False god angle really only comes in if the people that you're trying to false god at don't have the wherewithal to dispute the fact. What is the actual technical definition of a god? I, is there one? Research break. Pause. So according to the entry God in the Oxford <laughs> Companion of Philosophy from the Oxford University Press, the definition of a god is conceived as a supreme being and principal object of faith. Uh, the concept of God, as described by theologians, commonly includes the attributes of omnipotence, omnipotence, omnipresence, omnibenevolence, divine simplicity, and external and necessary existence. So... I had no idea omnibenevolence was part of the required reading list. So... So I can't be a vengeful God? This is not the impression I've gotten. Never mind. Carry on, Korean. <laughs> That's like half my career goals. <laughs> I think this might be godity god god god. So. <laughs> okay. Which, which is his rap name. Which we are also going to get to because god get like Christian god gets called out in this episode. Oh, surprise, yeah. surprise. Shocker. Yeah. Like complete shocker. shocker. I had yeah. everyone. So I want to argue that he's not actually a god. He's a deity. So is either a natural supernatural being who is thought of as holy, divine, or sacred. Right, but okay. that would also de change depending on the perspective. A male deity is a god, while a female deity is a goddess. And C. Scott Littleton's God Goddesses in Mythology defines a deity as a, as a being with powers greater than those of ordinary humans, but who interacts with humans, positively or negatively, in ways that carry humans to new level of consciousness beyond the ground and preoccupations of ordinary life. So, Kim, yes, you can become a vengeful god. Also, there we go. So by that definition, kind of Vulcan, I also. can be a vengeful deity. That's there true. There you go. Ah, new That's life true. goal. My world is centered again. Mm. <laughs> okay. Glad so, we got there. So this guy, he, he would fall, like, if we're, like, looking at technical real world, he falls as a deity. Like the Greek, I as a if, if he did move to Greece in five thousand years ago and set up yeah. shop on top of a mountain, be like worship me. He was a deity. But I think that as soon as he moseyed out of Greece for whatever reason, yeah, uh, once he left, he was no longer a god because he was yeah. not. He had no worship. He left Greece because people stopped believing in him. And therefore, he was no longer a god. Yeah, that's why in they a left. sense. It was very Pratchettian. Yeah, yeah, very small gods. Yeah, very yeah, small it was, gods. It was actually it's small like, gods. If no one believes in you, you're not a god anymore. You're just and in a fact, turtle. Very Pratchettian because he ceased to exist when people he stopped believing in him. He chooses to cease well, to exist. Well, it kind of seems like he's been clinging pathetically on. Yeah. I, I really want to make like a really salient pop star oh. reference here, but I'm not really the right person for he's that. He's the last of the buffalo. Oh, oh God. We're never going to stop hearing about the buffalo. <laughs> No. So, he is just another superpower being who hmm. used to be a big thing. Again, yeah. I'm struggling. I'm I can't with, think of I'll anything. Go with Mick Jagger? Sure. Trisha? Gonna want to weigh in? Faded pop star? Just won't Brit let no, go. No, shut up, Britain. Britain. <laughs> I love her, is fabulous. but she's not. Mick Jagger hasn't really faded either. He stayed a major Paul Simon? Thing. Do we want to say Paul Simon? I'm going to pick, some, pick somebody who was like in an 80s hairband who had like one hit, 
who keeps trying to launch a solo career. I can't think who of who is the guy the who did the win. Christmas album in Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, All right, we're going with Bill Nye. The, the character Bill Nye was playing in in Love Actually. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Mm-hmm. Where are we going with this? I don't know. I don't know. He's a god, no. but he's not a god anymore. But he was never really he's a god. A fading pop- he was a god. He is mm-hmm. the fading pop star of gods. Yes. He is big thing once a while ago. He's gone away. Someone showed up and he's like, hey, remember me? I was awesome in 1982. <laughs> well, no, he's like, I've, I've been waiting ooh, for you. There's ooh. a prophecy. Billy Idol. Ooh. Billy Idol. Yep. Okay, <laughs> like grudgingly I was actually a little disappointed we didn't get into the what is a god conversation because my brain automatically went to a Stargate place with this there was so yeah. much stuff in this yeah. episode that we could have gotten into that we didn't uh, this is going to be one of and those and what we got into was oh. sexist bullshit oh my god oh so uncomfortable <laughs> it was shitty so usually Ari and I do not make any chat when yeah. we watch this episode this was an exception uh, this we had to stop a couple times yeah uh, and rewind because we like, oh, were. Did not. they really say that? Yeah. And then we had to put on subtitles. They had really said that. Wow. Thanks. That was that was Trisha's idea. <laughs> yes. Thank you for Thanks. that. Trisha. You allowed welcome. us to enjoy it more fully. <laughs> oh, enjoy You're is welcome. a strong <laughs> word. So strong word. Before we start, Trisha, what did you think of this episode? I came out with two words, which was uh, hand jobs and racism. Sexism, you said. Yeah, sexism. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Hand jobs and sexism. Yep. That's yeah. all I came out with. That's pretty accurate. It I mean, sums it up pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an alternate ending to this, which I would like to talk to when we eventually. Oh yes, our please. Way later, there's on an alternate ending. There is yeah. an alternate Ooh. ending, which actually I would argue is better than the actual ending. Oh, they often are. Oh no. Oh no. No 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 no. Well, the deleted stuff is always really interesting in Star Trek. Like the moment of only emotional closure in Operation Annihilate. AKA the only scene where the nephew actually speaks. <laughs> uh, but he was a ginger. <laughs> oh. So this episode falls very much into the awful bucket of the con episode oh. where ladies and their hormones just can't be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. They really, oh God. It was the thing that stood out to me about the sexist plotline this time is she at no point ever got any dialogue to try and justify what she was doing. All you see is she heads off with him, they probably bang in the woods, and then she's like, I'm totally into him, he's lovely! And then Kirk's like, no, I'm ordering you to stop. And she's like, okay. And then she's not into him anymore, she's pretending to not be into him. But we don't have any understanding of why? Kim. What? Kim. Professional ladies are only one makeout away from betraying everyone at all times. That's why you have to keep two eyes on them, preferably one of the male leads at all times. Who wrote this one? I told you, told you. We told Robert Rawlson. We already saw damn list. We already cursed his name. That's, That's true. true. That's true. Gina Kuhn did a did a role on this. Yeah. Um, no. Everyone is to blame. Yeah. Everyone, and it's funny because Roddenberry vetoed one of the other ones, but apparently. It was a new season, so no lady had betrayed them yet. I hope my girl DC didn't have anything to do with this, or I'm going to be I assume she was on vacation. Uh, yeah. That's a reasonable assumption. Let's just assume that so I can live my life in peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, ugh. I don't even want to talk about this. You have to. You have to. Your job. frustrates yep. me. This is a hobby. This is not my job. <laughs> So we start on the Bridge of the Enterprise where Carolyn 
I keep wanting to just call her Palaver. I just call her Carolyn. Panama. The time. Lieutenant Carolyn. LTC. LTC is on the bridge and hands Kirk the giant, most clunkiest, most reddest piece of machinery that has ever been. It is the size of her head. <laughs> this what is could the, that possibly This is the protopad? The... <laughs> Or whatever. What would you... It's like a giant... I don't even know. Giant plastic diamond with some red on top. And she hands it to him with great ceremony. And he's like, great! I have this now! (laughs) (laughs) Where am I going to put... Can I put this on the floor? Like, do I put this in my lap? Like, what does this even do? I did not even notice this Oh, it's her science instrument, apparently. (laughs) Because she walks onto the bridge and she... Because they're they're surveying a bunch of planets for reasons. And uh, she's like, That is their job. That is their job. Um, and she says, this particular planet, uh, it, it has no intelligent life. It, for some reason, bucks the percentages. I was not clear on this. So they're going through this entire system of planets. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Pollux. Yeah, that's right. Pollux. Thank you very much. And they are scanning them, and there is a suspicious lack of intelligent life on these planets. So mm-hmm. percentage wise, you would expect to run into In some a certain number of planets. Human beings. Okay, that makes sense. Wait, now. are these gods so obnoxious they drove all intelligent life out of this solar system? Would you stay in this solar system? No. No. <laughs> so no there's the answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> no. So Scotty takes this opportunity when everyone is in oh, a professional God. setting. Yeah. For no reason whatsoever McCoy, the doctor of the ship, oh, this is just worst. chilling on the yep. bridge of a I'm sure he doesn't spaceship. have any important work to do. No, oh. he does this for the entire thing. So you're always complaining that Scotty's on the bridge during an emergency I or am, whatever. And I stick with that. I, which I find reasonable. This point, at some point, they're in, like, whatever is happening. Bones is on the bridge and he's like, oh, there's like five people wounded in sick bay. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still up in the air as to whether there are actually other doctors on this ship. I have yet to see one. It's him and Chapel. So apparently that Chapel is holding yeah. one the She's holding together that entire division. There is no one else. Yeah. So and anyway. Yeah. So we're in a professional setting. Mm-hmm. Like all of her superior officers are just there. She just did a really good job handing off a plastic diamond. <laughs> <laughs> and Scotty takes this opportunity under the eyes of all of her peers, of her work peers in a professional, I can't say professional enough, yeah. to ask her out for coffee. Oh no, Green, you're jumping the gun. This starts off with Bones saying, you look tired. Are you tired? In front of, also in front of her entire work colleagues. He asks her, are you tired? You look tired. I feel like McCoy wanted to bang her at first, and he was trying a little bit of, like, negging. Like, oh, you look tired. You should come to sick bay, and I'll give you a joke. I think you're giving him too much credit. It was gross. This entire opening sequence was just It was baffling. It's like, really? I've Here seen now? this happen in real life, like, the other week. Really? Yes. In front of their bosses? In front of anyone. Jesus Christ. That would listen. How, like, paint us a word picture. <laughs> like, my uh, co- co-worker, she runs uh, all of the housekeeping people, and then the housemen would come in and be like, oh, you look tired. You look lo- you look really tired. Is that a lie? All the time. Every day they comment on how she looks, what she wears, all the time. All the time. That is, ugh, it's so gross. Ugh. And we can't figure out what they're trying to, like, say what about step it. step two like, is from that yeah. conversation? Did anybody and just ever ba- answer that? Thanks, that's what I was going for. Or, you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to tell her to say those. Definitely <laughs> try those. You can pass those on 
From her, from me to her. <laughs> yes. So uh, then Bones and Kirk go to the side and have a weird conversation about ladies. They get hitched and they leave the service. Oh my what? god! I yeah. She'll, she'll find the right man and then off she goes out of the service. Yeah. And then Kirk's like, "Well, on the you could look at it like I'm losing an officer, or oh no, I'm losing an officer." I don't understand any of this exchange at Which, all. Which, fact, we have seen a wedding kind of take place, and yeah. both of them were keeping their jobs. Yeah. So on the Enterprise. Kirk was there! He was officiating! So, I don't know, did, did he not actually watch the rest of Star Trek before writing this? What a piece of sexist nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> this whole conversation is embarrassing for everyone involved. Oh, Yes. Uh, especially LTC. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Lieutenant Caroline. But Scotty seems pleased because he has a date! First yeah. and last in Star Trek. No, Except actually. There's the one where she is tragically murdered. Yeah. 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 I wonder if he's like, is Scotty like Jordy LaForge yes. levels of satisfaction? This, this is a Starfleet engineer <laughs> thing, I think. <laughs> Engineers just cannot get it. Milana uh, oh. Torres got laid. Milana Torres was not a Starfleet engineer to begin with. She was press ganged into it. She was my key. Yeah. She dropped out of the academy. She attended. She yeah. tried. But did not graduate. So maybe she didn't get the she curse. She escaped the curse. That's what you do when you get your engineering ring. You right. become <laughs> a freedom writer. Okay, well, Trip Tucker definitely gets some. He gets pregnant. I'm just going to drop that and surprise! move on. <laughs> so... And thus begins one of the worst, best effects on original series. Oh my god. <laughs> I really liked this effect. So, this planet is shockingly ordinary, and here I wrote, except for that giant green space hand. <laughs> Query. Why is the hand green? Um, no one has an answer here. There's no, no good answer. There are no good answers. Because it's in space? It's because it's a, a projection? I don't know. But it's supposed to be the hand of Apollo. It's energy. They keep saying it's energy. Energy yeah. is green crane. Yeah. Green. You know science. Apparently not enough science. <laughs> I'm not the right kind of science. I thought this was a pretty cool effect, especially when you get all the shots of the mm-hmm. hand just holding the Enterprise yeah. like a clamp. Hand job! <laughs> oh, God, no. They even, they even say, like, keep thrusting it back and forth. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Try rocking the ship! <laughs> This did not occur to me. Oh my god! I don't the hell of me. Which comes to my second subtitle of this episode, which is Abra Abra Cadabra. <laughs> I'm gonna reach out and grab ya. So they try to. The giant green space hand reaches out and grabs the oh, Enterprise. This is so stupid. This, and, is pres- uh, this is worse than floating, spitting Lincoln in space. And everyone's just like, huh? Giant green space hand just grabbed the Enterprise. Hard about. Nope. Super tight grip. (laughs) This is not comfortable for anyone. There's a strong stumble game by everyone. I would like to give Mm -hmm, a special mm -hmm. tip of the hat to the extra who somehow finds himself underneath the helm. I was very (laughs) impressed by that. How did you do that? No one knows. (laughs) Oh, aside. Yes. Hora is wearing amazing um, lime green hoop earrings. They make several appearances. They are my favorite. Yeah. They, but you just get this close-up on her face, and I was just like, those earrings are fabulous. So we kind of understand that the hand has it in its grip, and at this point, <laughs> there is a buddy shot between uh, Spock and Kirk, which I have the note, 
Shatner is a great actor. (laughs) (laughs) Lesser actors would have crumbled under the pressure of trying to convey the exact amount of concern that you should show when your spaceship is in the grips of a giant green hand. But he (laughs) nails it. I keep expecting it to sound less ridiculous, but it hasn't happened. No, this is stupid. (sighs) This didn't occur to me, and now this episode is 40 (laughs) times worse than it was. (laughs) And I can. You've ruined the one thing about this episode that I was kind of enjoying, which was the visual effect. It's still a cool visual effect. It is not. Uh, The next thing is not, which is the giant floating Apollo head that appears before them in space. No. Interjection. What happens is Kirk is like, send all my diaries to Starbase 12. (laughs) Who must have received that and went, what? Oh, wait. No, no, no. I have a theory that they send these weird shit stories to Starfleet. They get all sorts of stories from different ships that think they're about to be destroyed. But they get these incredibly fucking bizarre ones from the USS Enterprise. And they're like, wait, what the fuck? Oh, it's the Enterprise. It's the fucking Enterprise. So, And they just sort of file it away. Some people are hurt in this skirmish. Too bad there's a doctor on board who could help them with that. (laughs) Yeah. See my earlier (laughs) comment about him just hanging out on the bridge and reporting on the wounded instead of treating them. Unless they're senior staff. Yeah, so it's not actually living tissue. It's not a hand. Mm -hmm. As Trisha said, it is energy. It is a force field. Mm Mm-hmm. An unnecessarily flamboyant force field. Yes. And finally, yes, Ari, take it away. Uh, yes. Giant floating Apollo head in space. <laughs> or at Why least at this point. Head? We don't know it's Apollo yet. It's a dude with laurels. Oh, I knew it was Apollo. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, we Why just Apollo. the head? I don't know. Why not the whole shebang? A uh, disembodied body part is more impressive than the whole thing. I'm going to have another question coming up. Don't worry about that. That's just my theory. Like, dis- disembodied bits are more impressive slash creepy slash awe-inspiring. Especially in space, in case we haven't said that enough times. Um, the giant floating head says, you are most welcome, my beloved children. Again. What? I'm going to back you up. The giant space head hails them. Yes. Yeah, I love the fact that they needed to yeah. open a channel to hear him. It's a giant head. Just speak out loud. I'm sure they'll hear you. No, no, no. It observes proper ship-to-ship protocol. Well, I want to say there's no sound in space, but this is Star Trek, so. There are plenty of sounds in space. Well, I mean, if it was just a projection, he could have been, like, calling them from the surface or something. But now I'm trying to think about this rationally and let's move on. So does that mean that he actually just bips his head up? And then... I figured it was an illusion. See, that was the other thing about, like, unlike the Trelane episode, they didn't really go into the mechanics of how this was happening. Just there's energy involved. And he has an extra organ that they assume is used for focusing the energy. He's an eel. Which was yes, stupid. He's an eel. Okay, but there's also the exceptionally stupid part about how his power is centered in his temple, euphemism or not. And if you destroy <laughs> a piece of architecture, he will no longer have any power. But did he have that piece of architecture back on Earth? Well, I assume that they Does he built, travel in that? Like, did he have, like, in there his suitcase with his machine, like, tucked up in a corner Wait, somewhere? wait, wait, wait. Is there, like, a ZPN inside of Mount Olympus? Right. I think that's the implication that we're okay, supposed to be I, 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 Sure, fine. I can accept that as well as anything else. Yeah. So, Apollo shows up, and it's definitely Apollo, because we all know it's Apollo. Yeah. Gives a patronizing speech about how we shall drink the sacramental wine and hear the music of pipes. <laughs> Just what I want on a Saturday night. 
Yeah, I mean, if a giant floating head runs into me in space, I definitely want to go hang out with it for wine and pipe music. Because <laughs> who doesn't look, love some good pan-pipe music? As evidenced sure. by the thousands of people who walk by that guy at the commercial Broadway station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he talks annoyingly in metaphors, like, I'm sick of this, like, two lines in, and I can only imagine that the people of the 23rd century on the board the Starship are sick of it even faster than me. Uh, Kirk? Kirk? No had time for this. No, he no. has no time, no, at all. no time at all. He is just, no. like, no what patience. Is this bullshit. Uh, fire on him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so instead, the giant floating space hand starts squeezing the ship. It does the kids in the hall routine, yeah. where it's yeah. like, I'm squeezing your ship. Yeah, and that's exactly what it looks ship. like, too. And, and the pressure on the ship goes up. Trisha looks like she has a comment here. <laughs> no, Trisha? No, 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 no. Are you just being dirty? <laughs> I'm just being dirty in my head. Okay. Not out loud. Thank you. <laughs> okay, but just squishing it, would that necessarily increase the actual air pressure I on the ship? I assume that he was doing the two things at the same time. But, like, force fields, whatever. The pressure in the ship goes up. I think I'm which... willing to go back to university to look at the actual physics involved <laughs> in this episode. Um... But anyway, it's really uncomfortable, apparently. So Scotty apparently has a twin brother called Naughty, because Naughty's on the coffee break that he just walked off the bridge for, and Scotty is somehow back at his station. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't even <laughs> yeah. notice that. Yes, yes, yeah. he is. He's just magically there. Oh, wow. Uh, good continuity. Yeah, and then Apollo's like, come down to my pad and we will listen to panpipe music. Huzzah. Except for you, pointy ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was legitimately the best part of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, everybody except Spock can come to my party because Spock is boring. So, (laughs) and then he says something that made me laugh real hard. Um, because after, you know, threatening to kill the entire population of the ship by upping the pressure until their heads explode and threatening them at least four times, he says, come down with your officers. This is a time for joy, not for fear. I just want to humbly submit, uh, Laura Apollo, that if that is the case, this is not a good start you have made. But they immediately do beam down well, because sure. this is Star Trek. And apparently they can implode, mm-hmm. he can implode their shit. All of our main characters. Sure. Except, except Spock, for Spock. Except for Spock, because Spock's not invited. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Spock proceeds in this episode to make a much better captain than Kirk ever has. Oh, yeah. That is so often the case. Shut your face. Anyhow. I agree with Ari. <laughs> so they take along LTC because she is an. She's an anthropologist. But no, she doesn't know why she's there. She actually asks, why am I here? You know what? I actually liked this because it's the first time a yeoman is there for a practical reason rather than just space secretary. No. First off, she's a lieutenant. Yes. Uh, Noelle was there because she was a psychology expert. Uh, Smoochie Face with Khan was there because she was a history (laughs) expert. And, oh my god, it's all the same things. Like, the ladies ladies have... Purposes. They mm. have very soft purposes. Her degree is in archaeology and anthropology, because why stop with just one? <laughs> but she's also like an ancient Greek oh, Greece expert. Also mythology. Yeah, I'm sure that's good to have one. But they don't probably. ever utilize her in any of that at all. No. Point for Trisha. <laughs> well, actually, no, that's not. not true. She does spout off some mostly really incorrect crap about we'll go with the erroneous. Greek gods. Erroneous, yes. Good, good. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, so. She, they they turn around and there's a dude in a really short gold toga. Oh, oh, Kim. toga. Oh. Kim, 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 Kim. 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 Take I, us through this. I okay. <laughs> so this thing to start with 
is just gold sequins. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is skimpy. <laughs> just yeah. say the you least. You might be putting it a little too lightly. <laughs> yeah. So it's over one shoulder and he has a nipple, one nipple hanging out? No, that nipple is non-existent. They've covered it up with makeup for reasons I don't know. Because that was, yeah, that was something I was going to ask. I said, I, I spent a lot of time looking at that nipple trying to figure out if it had been covered over with makeup so it wasn't quite so nipply. Because I'm really confused I, by the nipple game on this show because sometimes we get to see them and sometimes we don't get to see them. You only get to see, see Shatner's nipples. Oh, is that his contract? <laughs> I'm really curious. I was like, oh, were they, was his chest just too broad for 1960s television? Shatner's so, nipple claws? I mean... Yeah, well, that only explains the last episode. So they had originally wanted John Voight mm-hmm. to be Apollo. Okay. And they were scoping around for an English actor, which they could not get. So no shit. Up, so they ended up with Michael Frost, Forrest, sorry, my apologies, who is 6'3", does not appear in a shot with Shatner. Forrest assumes that because Shatner is a tiny man that he refused to appear. <laughs> I buy that. Uh, Forrest also did not enjoy his costume. <laughs> no, like that thing was like pretty short. The skirt was kind of like, it was a little, got a little bit of volume in the skirt, but like, yeah. there was not <laughs> a lot of coverage. And then he was wearing like, for shoes, he was just wearing like, gold, like gladiator sandals, like they would have fit in perfectly now. They went up to his thighs. Yes, they did. And then he had like a wreath, like a gold laurel wreath, wreath, laurel yeah. wreath in his, in his hair, which was appropriately short and curly. As you see on all Greek statues. No, I actually approved heartily of his costume, if only because it puts him on a level with female guest stars of previous episodes. There was some very strategic draping. Yes. Uh, The (laughs) the costumes in this are designed by Bill Theus, and we are going to get to the famous costume shortly. Okay. <laughs> so Kirk immediately starts flipping his lid. Who the fuck do you think you are? And Apollo says, oh, you're just a dickhead like Hector, Agamemnon. Oh, your father's father's knew me. Knew me in a mythological sense. How do you make that dirty? <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite bit is, is that as Apollo's going on, like, your father's father's knew me. Oh, I'm the best. Chekhov, in, at this point, is looking around like, I'm Russian. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. I don't think there's a single Greek person on the uh, party. No. I think uh, LTC is supposed oh, to be. Oh, is she supposed to be? Oh, okay. is she supposed to be Greek? Her actual name is Paloma, which... Oh, okay. I, I think so. Oh. Well, I do Fine. like the fact that Apollo took time out to say that Earth had the most beautiful ladies in the whole galaxy. Earth. Beautiful lady. Because he's been through all of them. I believe that. <laughs> in. In all of them. <laughs> so. Gross. Okay, I also want to pause to stop here that the Greek gods did not generally care about the gender binary. Or species. <laughs> yeah. Or species. <laughs> or living status. Or whether you were a statue or not. <laughs> or a rock. Or tree. Mm. Or a body of water. Just any crevasse would do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's a great god in this episode. What did you expect? So, Apollo... Not giant hand jobs, apparently. <laughs> or crevasses. <laughs> so, Apollo essentially says, well, you live here now, and you will worship me. 
He's <laughs> <laughs> just really matter of fact about it. The away team looks at each other like, oh, hell no. Kirk goes very libertarian on them, though. He's like, well, oh. if you want to play God and be worshipped, fine. Do that on your own time. Yeah. <laughs> and then Apollo proceeds to embiggen himself. Also disable yeah. all of their comms and weapons. They are also all looking up his giant toga now. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Yes. he gets yeah. really big. Yes. Presumably, yes. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, we flip back to the ship, but it's not important. The only thing that I would like to comment on is that Uhura's buttons on her console are really cute. No. That's the only thing you want to comment on? We yes. got a beautiful shot of her gorgeous silver nail polish. <laughs> so let's just interject by saying that before Kim comes to record this episode, she gets her nails done. <laughs> and thus is a bit fixated. Just a touch. It was pretty. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck in the, uh, the tiny away team staring up Apollo's giant skirt. <laughs> Just, there's nowhere else to look. How, there's nowhere else to How look. is an effect like that achieved? Green is, green, I assume. Is it just like splicing or whatever? It's basically, yeah. it's splicing and overlay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a very old school effect. But it if you really try cool. and work in a joke about a uh, giant... I think we already made all of the... Statuary? Giant No, no, no. Giant, like, um... Man bits? Well, if you think of it later, turtleneck. No. 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 Moving on. I don't understand what you're saying, but I would also not care for an explanation. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, I hate this so much. (laughs) We do immediately have the, so this is obviously a superpowered alien pretending to be a god conversation. Again. Yeah. And we introduce the Stargate view on the alien pretending to be a god thing. Which is, oh, yeah, they came to Earth 5,000 years ago and pretended to be gods. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Except they proceed to have this conversation three more times as though they have not had it before. Yeah, as if it's a completely new conversation every single time. Apollo says, I want from you, which is rightfully mine, tribute and worship. Please show me that contract. I don't remember something. McCoy says, why and for what? Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah. We'll talk, but we don't bow, says Kirk. Yeah, Bones basically says, what'll it get us? At this point, I would like to... For Apollo's following lines, all I wrote down was rah, rah, rah. But here's where my slight two weeks as a classics major... (laughs) (laughs) Oh Uh, man, we should have had Jane in this one. Where No, believe me, I've got this covered. (laughs) Where Apollo says, oh, Agamemnon and Hercules were once like you. No. Interjection. Agamemnon and Hercules have nothing to do with Apollo. Nothing at all. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Hercules had everything to do with Hera. Uh Yes. Mm -hmm. Fine. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with Apollo. Who cares? Zeus. Agamemnon had nothing to do with Apollo. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Sorry. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) I thought it was probably just ego stroking for Kirk to compare him to Hercules to maybe butter up some worship. I don't know why he's not doing very good. No. Yeah, he's really bad at this. Yes, but Apollo is good at his uh, pickup game because he just keeps coming around like, you You seem wise for a woman, which yeah. every woman wants to hear, don't they, Trisha? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and here I actually wrote hits on her gracelessly, <laughs> uh, but apparently my standards are different from uh, LTCs. 
Yes. Scotty is the oh, jealous God. boyfriend having been on no dates with her, maybe half a date. He was, de- he de- I think he got as far as the elevator. Yeah. He decided that he's like, I think they say it at the beginning when Bones and Kirk are talking about it. He's decided. He, he's the right man for her, but she's, maybe she doesn't think he's the right man for her. Like, they basically is like, he's into her. Her? We're not sure if she's into him yet or not. It was basically just like a given that that's Scotty was allowed to date her or was going to date her. That's definitely a conversation you should have in public about your subordinates. Yeah. You, was, you don't get to ship your workers. No. No. At which point, my two weeks as a classics major blew up in my face because <laughs> Apollo Thunderbolts Scotty. Oh, God. Every time this happened, I twitched a little Apollo, bit. Apollo, god of not thunder. <laughs> <laughs> or Or lightning. Or purity. No. What was God Apollo the god of the sun? sun. He was the god of the sun. Fire. He was the god of arts and music. Was so he, he should have given... Pardon? Was he fertility? Maybe. No. No? Ares some was gods, like... I don't know. Some gods usually are fertility. That's fair. No, Ares was like sexy, sexy war, but it was Aphrodite. Yeah. So, and Demeter and Persephone. Hmm. So what I'm getting from this is that Apollo should have actually given him sunburn and then written a song about it. I set him on fire. I wish we go with like skin cancer, but <laughs> <laughs> we've established in previous episodes that skin cancer is not a thing in the future. <laughs> very slow, slow, very slow. <laughs> Drive him slightly mad over a oh, series yeah. of days. I'm really tender aloe. now. That bastard. <laughs> There's no aloe to be found anywhere. No, no. And so then Apollo proceeds to compare LTC to his sister. <gasps> yes, oh. I got that. It was gross. And it's like. Mm, your shoulder should be bare. Although reasonably in line with Greek gods. Did they bang mm. their sister? Oh. 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 Kim. <laughs> oh. oh. Should I see previous conversations yes. about okay. premises? Oh, so, shit. <laughs> here's, here's where it all began. <laughs> so, it was Kronos, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kronos gave birth. He was a titan. Yeah. And he, there was a prophecy said that his children, one of his children would rise up and kill him. Mm-hmm. So, he could not, however, stop banging the missus, and she kept having babies. So what he would do is that once they were born, he would eat them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that seems not smart. Until... Well, he ate them in one gulp. Yeah, oh, like, okay. And they're gods. Yeah. It's not like no, it's not like... Jonah and the whale sort of thing. Okay. Um, until along came Zeus. Yeah, who was too clever, <laughs> too clever to be eaten, and said he threw in a rock. <laughs> yeah, wrapped a rock in his swaddling clothes. And uh, Dad swallowed that, and then Zeus Zeus killed him. Killed him. Dead. Well, he put him in a prison yeah. and like slicey slice, and he released all of all his of the other siblings. babies out of the tummy. Yeah. And then <laughs> then he married one of those tum buns, and yeah. that was his, his sister. sister Hera. Oh. They proceeded to bang, and then they had the rest of the gods. So they were incesty from the start. Yeah, and many of yes. those ones made well, other little godlings. So. That was the your biggest incest story. Was yeah, that, okay, was that? But it was I mean, never clear at there, any stage. There was not enough gods to go around. To be fair, mm. yeah. So, are we going to talk about this outfit that Apollo Bo changes arm. LTC into? Uh, yeah, we are going to take a pause, and we are oh, going good. to divide all, devote all time to this. <laughs> Kim, would you like to take it away? Well, for starters, it just covers her boobs and nothing else on the top. It is like. <laughs> taped onto the oh, yeah. sides. I found it to be magical because in all of the wind and God <laughs> I was very impressed with the engineering shit. involved. 
it stayed. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Yeah, and I was just like, wow. So yeah. yeah, so it went over one shoulder, just covered her boobs down to the side where it turned into a bit of a skirt. It was more just curtains, like vagina curtains, with a giant slit up the side. I I didn't think the skirt was that. Oh, bad, it was but... slit all the way up to her hip. Oh yeah, and then but it had a like winged cape on the back that was attached at like yeah. both arms. Yeah. So this is again a Bill Theus design and he did all of the costumes for the original series and I believe the first two seasons of The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And his dresses are very famous especially for the female guest stars um for their kind of titillating their scintillating looks. And Leslie Parrish, the actor who played LTC, was very comfortable in this. She didn't find a problem with it. <laughs> Probably because she looked smoking. She, she looked amazing. good. She looked amazing. And just as I also didn't say, it was hot pink. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's circle hot around pink. back to that. Yes. It was also hot pink. A very traditional ancient Greek hot pink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, uh, your, again, your traditional definition of a classic Biltius dress is one that looks like, I think the definition is that a slight accident could cause <laughs> yes. a scandal. And yet yes. somehow, yes, through space yeah. magic and yeah. tape, it was like literally just the, just enough to cover her boobs. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, her belly button wasn't showing either. It was either, very artfully draped. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, that was a work of art. Yeah. It was. Oh yeah. So she and was very comfortable. There were many people on set who were a little bit hot and bothered by it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Uh, it went into the Star Trek Smithsonian exhibit and mm-hmm. was auctioned off for seven to nine hundred dollars US. Wow. wow. Yeah. Just speaking to kind of like that iconic look. It was also used in other productions but I'm pretty sure no one looked as good in it as she did. Oh probably not. I wonder if it did it ever end up on I Dream of Jeannie? <laughs> no but It looks like it walked it. off of it. Yeah it does. <laughs> Yeah, so she, Apollo's like, hmm, come with me to a land of pure imagination and makeouts. Scotty then objects in an incredibly embarrassing way. Um, And Apollo again lightnings him. And then they fade out. Mm -hmm. Yes, they go off to the makeout garden over there. (laughs) Yes. So Bones then whips around to Kirk and says, why did you let that happen? Oh, you mean with my god powers? You're right. I definitely should have done something. I wrote down in my note, Kirk yells at him for being moony and lovesick and for flirting without permission. <laughs> That's probably against a Starfleet regulation That's after Kirk. Scotty tried to yeah. shoot Apollo. Yeah. He was going to murder him. Yeah. yeah. He's an alien. This is first contact. This is first contact situation. Yeah. yeah fucking that up is Yeah, but he hit on his girl. Oh, Christ. That Scott. he owns because he asked her out to coffee and he called dibs. He yeah. loves her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The concept of love in Star Trek is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was really not okay. So Kirk proceeds to do a Corinthian pole dance. You know what? Because he turns dance. around because Scotty wakes up, freaks out that uh, LCC is missing and Kirk's like, she went to find out what the fuck that fraud is doing. She's doing her job. Chill. You Except need to chill. she isn't. Except she isn't. <sighs> But at that, but he thinks she is at that point. It's not his fault. Um, yeah, unlike any, you right now is the any implication. rational woman. Yes, would any be rational like, human okay, being. Trisha, our guests. Who? Yes. Sorry, we have been neglecting. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. You. It's totally fine. So here's the stitch. <laughs> We're on the Sky Train. We're zooming around. That's our equivalent of our Enterprise, I guess. Guys. Sure. Yep. Robux. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, the Sky Train stops in between stations. 
from the ground comes a giant guy and is like, hey, come to my makeout garden. I'm... Odin? I'm Odin. All fall... Oh, that's not Thor. Sexy. I'm Thor, god of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thor is actually in the room and Corrine missed yes. him. <laughs> Bad analogy. Give me a less sexy god. Doesn't it have to be a sexy god for this dwarf? Like, middling sexiness. Festus? I'm Festus. Hephaestus. I'm oh oh I'm Hephaestus, god of ha- the forge, the forge, and hammers and forging and metallurgy. <laughs> <laughs> I was cast out of Olympus for being too ugly, and I live under a mountain. But I do have crazy, crazy gold working skills and gold and endless riches. But so ugly. Okay, but are his biceps awesome? Yeah, yeah he's really stacked. You're just gonna go with him? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> pause was suspect. I'm assuming it's gonna be some like homeless guy that lives like a mole person in New York City in the Skytrain stations. Okay. Plot twist, Trisha. <laughs> it is Hephaestus. Uh, still really no because mountains underground and stuff. He makes you really fancy jewelry. No. He is technically married. <laughs> no! <laughs> Fuck no! Hell! Okay, no. But the situation. <laughs> Gross. Is she was kind of forced to marry him, and she kind of sleeps around, and they aren't really. They're kind of like separated. That's her deal. It's, nope. It's complicated. Uh, it is complicated. <laughs> their Facebook nope. status is complicated. Yeah. As is their family tree. Oh, good. So a rational woman has said no to this situation. Nope. nope. Married men are so icky. <laughs> <laughs> like, so many levels of creep. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's several more on top of this guy here. Yes. He talks about Daphne and Cassandra. Both of him wanted nothing to do with Nothing him. at all. One of them turned into a tree to get away from him. <laughs> yeah. Just think about it. Not like temporary tree. Forever tree. Forever tree. <laughs> She's like, he's like, oh, have sex with me. She's like, ooh. That is, like, a way bigger thing than, like, frantically signaling across the bar to a strange woman to come over and rescue you or, like, Tree getting powers out. engage. Yeah, yeah. she treed out. Treed out. <laughs> yeah. Cassandra, again, wanted nothing to do with him, so he cursed her. Yeah. Forever. He's a terrible he boyfriend. not only Cassandra, but everyone Cassandra ever met. He's a terrible boyfriend. He's a and you would think that the woman who was an anthropologist with a speciality she, in Greek mythology... That's not a thing. No, it's not. But you would think that she would know that. Well, I mean, and this is just one of the weaknesses of this episode, is that she literally has no voice in any of these proceedings. She does yeah. not utter a word of thought about her feelings towards the situation, or what her impression of like mythology and the gods, etc. are. We get nothing from her. Yeah, She drops facts and says... Oh, but he's so nice. He took me to the oh, sex okay. garden. He's lonely. Therefore, everything is fine. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like she was hypnotized. You see all those shots of her staring into his eyes. Yeah, yeah. every time I bring up the like, possibility Ooh. of mind control, I'm shot down. But actually, in this case, I think that she is not. She is just being incomprehensibly Thank you. stupid. Yeah, no, there was no mind control. No. no. Just just bad writing. If there was mind control, we'd get some kind of indication of, like, we yeah. get him going, when he looks at him. <laughs> Yes, we would have blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Star Trek is not that subtle. No. Not that subtle. So, oh gosh. He proceeds to monologue on and on I don't and think on. I even took notes on this part. I tried, if only to stay awake. 
He's like, we need worship like you need food. So how have you been alive for the last Maybe 5, he was years? Um, can we take a moment and go a couple of steps back because we had another uh, Enterprise interlude? Oh, yeah. Um, and the one, there were two notable things about this is that Sulu finds a power signature, but he can't find it. So Spock's advice is, well, where <laughs> isn't it? Just eliminate everywhere that it's not. and then On you'll an find entire it. planet? Yeah. Sulu's just and like, Spock just stares at him. Yeah. Yes, sir, the entire planet. Sulu's just kind of like, okay, fine. Uh, second notable thing here is that when talking to Lieutenant Kyle about space stuff, <laughs> Spock says something about something, now we have to go and defeat Apollo. And my thought is, how does he know it's Apollo? They haven't been able to talk to the surface. Bad writing. Ooh. Agreed. Kim. Although this bit does have Uhura being awesome and fixing stuff. Not at this point. She's yeah. like, he's like, well, can you do not- the thing? And she's like, oh, I can't do the thing. Well, I guess I could do that thing, but I can't do that thing. But I could do that thing. She's like brainstorming electric, but I can't do that thing. But I won't do that thing. Which I like, really enjoyed. How will you try the thing? All right, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. Spock spends the entire time up on the ship being helpful and mentoring everyone. Yeah, it's yeah. great. He's a and great... encouraging people. Unlike that one episode that told us he wasn't a good leader, he is a good leader. Clearly he took some HR classes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, back on the planet with in the makeout garden. Mm. Where is this garden? Do we know where this to garden the is? To the left, to the left. No, I mean the actual garden that they were filming. Ari, no. it's over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not important, Ari. Okay. Uh, I have a question for everyone here at this table. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to feel sorry for him? He talks about how he needs worship to eat, and that all of his family have essentially not themselves so much treed out as they winded out, <laughs> in that they spread themselves so thin on the wind until eventually only the wind remained. Good line. Gilbert, you're still on my list, but <laughs> are we supposed to feel sorry for him? Because essentially the way through to him is LTC, and she does. Yeah. She's supposed to be like our our emotional journey through this, that yes. through various things that happen in the episode is that we are supposed to have some sympathy for her situation and through yeah. her, him. Are we supposed to feel sorry for him, Trisha? I don't think so, because everything he was saying was like a child, and it annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah. Everything he said, like worship me, worship me, worship me. I was just like, supposed to feel sorry. Go away. He is childlike, but again, it's one of those situations where he has an expectation or who's had a life and that time has moved past him. Yeah. Um, I think we were supposed to feel sorry for him in that vein, in that he is a man who has been left behind in time, essentially. (laughs) He chose to stay though. In the hopes and the knowledge that humans would come back. Yeah, yeah. so he's he spends his whole life trying to recapture his moments of glory. It's like the guy who's down at the bar until he's 95 talking about that one time when he was famous. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of sad, and you want to sort of maybe give him some attention, but you don't want to actually commit that much time yeah. to, like, emotionally supporting this dude. Yeah. Um, that's the way I sort of thought we were, like, that's how he came yeah. across to me, so I feel like maybe we were supposed to feel bad for him and if they wanted us to feel sorry for him like you said Kareen it should have been through LTC but she literally has nothing to say on the topic at all ever so we have no insight into why she is sympathetic towards him um, and therefore no reason to feel sympathy for Apollo. Yeah I think think we're meant to be empathetic towards him but 
we have no convincing arguments for being sympathetic, which is frustrating because she certainly seems to think there are, but there are not. I think that they do have conversations about his loneliness, about him well, yeah. being left behind, and that's why she—that's why he isolates her out. Oh yeah, and that's why it's very difficult for her to come back to the other group because they haven't heard the other side of the conversation as to why he wants this behavior from them. Yeah, but I feel like we didn't really get that conversation either. We no, spent we a lot of time going back to Kirk, who's going. I don't know. You think he might have been a god once? <laughs> yeah. And her whole conversation here is where we get the the sort of, and where I wrote down the Ori, because it's that humans stop worshipping and that's why they had to leave, and she actually utters the line, the only good line I think she has is, you really think you're a god? Um, and he and he tells her that they had no strength, so they just left, and they had no strength to leave, so they waited. And yeah, I think we're meant to be empathetic, but like, all the other gods died out, and you just hung around. But is, does his hope make him... It, it's pathetic in a way. It is pathetic, but, but that doesn't necessarily but mean... But he's also being kind of a dick, so how much can you empathize with a dickhead? Well, here's my question then. That's is, why empathetic versus sympathetic. My, so my question then becomes, is his him sticking it out, waiting around, do you think is that a form of strength? Everybody else gave up and essentially committed mm-hmm. suicide by spreading themselves so thin they couldn't go back together. And yet he persevered. So and yeah, it's only, his journey heroic. Yeah. I don't so, think so. Because it's only at the end when he finds out that there is absolutely no hope whatsoever of him ever regaining the glory or whatever that he ends his life. He is in many ways a tragic figure. Yes. I'd say he is a classic tragic figure. And one of the themes through Greek writing is that no one can escape their fate, not even a god. Yeah. And so he holds out longer than Moe's holds out for hope, but it is essentially futile. Yeah. Because even he can't escape the fate of the rest of the gods. Also, the way that that hope manifests is an expectation that he deserves worship, that he deserves to survive. That it's rightful. That it's rightful, which pisses me off. I mean, is he a heroic figure? I don't think he is a villain. No, I don't think he's a villain. He's not, like, I mean... He's holding them hostage on the planet, but he's not, like, finger-crackling, I'm gonna seize all power. Well, is he finger-crackling, he gonna seize is. all power? He, he wants is to crush. cracking He's going to crush the empty hull of the Enterprise. But that's only because he thinks that he deserves the people back. Like, I see him very differently from Trelane. Oh, yeah. Trelane is a straight-up villain. Like, yeah. There's nothing heroic about no, him. Trelane was a bad guy. Dance. He yeah. was, he was mocking and taunting and not good intentions and he brought them there basically to play with them for his own amusement mm. and i mean you can say all the same things about apollo but ultimately he's trying to i don't even know i don't know how i want to phrase this well apollo genuinely thinks that he's doing good he thinks he's doing the best and his understanding of his relationship with humans specifically is that it's a symbiosis and that that's the only way that both parties can thrive. Yes. yes, because they, through their living and their worship, provide something that he needs in order for his entire existence. Just like Salt yeah. Monster needed salt in order to live at the cost of human life. But oh, in this one, comes back to he salt is, monster. it always does. He's generally paternalistic in that he wants them to live what he sees as paradise. He's offering them paradise. But then we have that word paternalistic, which is inherently flawed. So, I mean, he's wrong, but he thinks he's right, and he thinks he's doing something moral. I still think he's a giant dick. <laughs> so what proceeds is a fairly long sequence of chewing and throwing, but here are some high points. 
Um, Apollo returns alone without LTC. Scotty mouths off and gets lightninged inexplicably again. He calls him a Saracen. He calls him a Saracen. That was so weird. That came yeah. out of fucking That's the wrong era, um, dude. But the important part of this... Also, per- he's not a Saracen. No. But the important part of this scene is that he force chokes Kirk. Yeah. It essentially turns into an episode of Teen Girl Squad, <laughs> where everyone gets either choconated or lightninged. Yeah. <laughs> This is two episodes in a row of Kirk almost dying of asphyxiation. Yeah, happens he a does lot. not have a good being choked face. Oh no! Uh, no, one thing that did happen in here was that Chekhov found the source of the energy, which was the thing, um, and he says he taps that energy, Mister Scott. <laughs> Someone also <laughs> mentions the words in classic mythology: "Gods required rest." Did they? Mm. Technically, the more I thought about this, I'm like, yeah, I guess, like, during the Trojan War, they did their battle, and then they had to, like... Although I always read that as a metaphor for the afterglow, honestly. People died. Yeah, but they're gods. It's different. Um, This is the first time where they notice that, yeah, he fades out of sight after he uses powers. And this is also, at this moment, the uh, first occurrence of the Russian appropriation of Western culture. Uh, It's like that... He disappeared like the cat in that Russian story. Oh, it's Chekhov's thing. Yeah. Where everything was done by Russians. Russians. Yes. <laughs> Except when it's done by Klingons. Was he talking about, was he trying to talk about the Cheshire cat? Yeah. Yes. Cheshire? No. No, I don't think so. He was from Minsk. <laughs> oh, that's what that was. I was like, okay. He was very cute. Running through this because we just don't yeah, care. we don't care. <laughs> Uhura welds. I like this bit a lot. I did like this bit. Her and Spock under, under the under the console, and she's wearing her like blue engineering coveralls. Yeah, and like soldering things. And she's like, "It's not that I don't want you here right now." This is paraphrasing. I mean, you're not being like a huge pain in the ass like everybody else always is. But this is really delicate and difficult work because I'm amazing. So maybe you could back off a little bit. Backseat soldering. Backseat soldering. Can tell you from experience. Unwise. But it also ends with Spock telling her, you're the best. Yeah. He's Around. a good boss. He's a great uh, boss. Someone also has a giant electric typewriter that is glowing. For, there yeah, is apparently reasons. on the ship a nuclear electronics lab. Sure. Uh, there's something. There's everything on the ship. Everything. Is there, is there a bowling alley? I absolutely believe there is a bowling alley. <laughs> They're going to apparently punch through the giant hand with using science. M-waves. Sure. Whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah. Science! Mm. They're going to science their way through that force field. They are back on the ship. Kirk's like, okay, we're going to do this. You take care of the girl. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Didn't even give her a name. Like, no, she's the girl. She's demoted back to a child without agency. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, oh, mm. this is where the episode came to a grinding halt and I had to stop and rewind because uh, Apollo is, you know, Kirk is telling to Apollo, we yes. have no need for gods. We find the one we have adequate. We find and the one quite like, adequate. What? <laughs> I just wrote a lot of question marks here. That was a shocker. That was, the that fuck came was out that? of like freaking left field. Okay, yeah. I am going to posit this did air in the 1960s. I assume yes. they were required And to I put think that because in. they're talking about gods yeah. and that Really, they were actually real. Yeah. Just from another planet. Yeah. That there had to be, like, the <laughs> the reestablishment of that we are Christianity not as the norm. It's not that you're not communist. Oh, it's I think it Christianity was. is the norm. Well, it's also and that... it's true. It's also that, well, A, Gene Roddenberry was probably a communist, but he was definitely believed to be a communist, and this was the 1960s, and one of the things associated with communism was godlessness. 
So if you're A, saying that gods aren't real, and B, saying that the fake gods that were aliens are just as valid as the fake god that was the Christian god, you probably all get arrested and disappear to whatever the 1960s equivalent of Gitmo was. <laughs> Communism, Queen, it's a real threat. Yeah, during the McCartney era. Yeah. 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 McCarthy. <laughs> McCartney. Yeah. Paul McCartney. <laughs> Giant force against communism and yeah, free speech absolutely. in America. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> you that cute little face lies the stone cold heart of a bureaucratic monster. <laughs> so they try and enact this plan because they're trying to get him to use his power so that he'll Ugh, be no, unable to perform. A, here's a bit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So Apollo's like, bring me your artisans. They'll need to build houses. (laughs) You will need to be shepherds. And McCoy's like, where are we going to get the sheep? Apollo's answer, dismantle your ship. Apparently there's (laughs) sheep in the hull somewhere. You do not get sheep for metal unless you exchange it for two woods. (laughs) (laughs) You guys can't see the fist bump that's happening right now, but it's happening. So then Apollo's like, hey, baby, want to become the mother to a race of gods? Oh, yeah. Is this before or after she screwed us, screws up their plan? Uh, I think it's after. It is after. I've got it written down after. Because they didn't explain to her the plan. So she just tries to save them by appealing to his condescending paternalism. Well, the plan is apparently that they are all just going to run at him and start jeering. Yes. <laughs> It's the jeering plan, Kim. Jeering. (laughs) The whole plan. It's very true. Yeah. But it does not work because she begs for mercy. And of course he relents because she gets down on her knees and he is into that. Yeah. And so he tries to say, hey, baby, you will complete me. I will complete you. We will make out. You'll be like a god, but, but not. Yeah. I actually imagined this in the Bender voice. Hey, baby, want to be the mother of a new race of gods? Except more sinister than that. And so Kirk's like, no, you have to reject him. Tell him you can't love him. Yeah, she comes to like, I don't even know. I have no idea. And she says, but I can't. I love him. Do you? You have known him for 10 minutes. Like, most of us to kill everyone. Yep. At the very least, subjugate them as shepherds. And see, this is again where her not getting any dialogue or any chance to explain. Except mooning over Apollo. Yeah. He is kind. And he's so lonely. They banged. You have done nothing but have sex with this man for the past half hour. That is not a relationship and you don't know him. I'm sorry. I got really upset. <laughs> <laughs> Kim is well. genuinely concerned about Carolyn's emotional welfare. That's very true. And she says, oh, it would break his heart. Who cares? He's probably got three of them. Yeah, probably. She says the line, he'll give us everything we ever wanted. And I'm like, hmm. Not on my list of wants. Shepherding? Sheep of any kind? Living in a field? Panpipes? Really? The pastoral? Sacrificing goats? Panpipes? I mean, panpipes are fine, but only in conjunction with the world where I have the internet. I could sacrifice a goat because then you get to eat it afterwards. I could be a shepherd. I wouldn't mind shepherding. You ever smelled a sheep? Yes. Yeah. I don't like the idea of worshipping some dude that's that an too. asshole. I mean, that goes well, without saying. you would pretend to. <laughs> I'm not on board with the whole worshipping. Cre- 
situation. I can honestly see you having a good life as a shepherd. You Thank like you. wool and knitting. You get to have your dog with you, you all just day. You enjoy walking across fields. I do. It's really like your ideal career. I have right, often thought so. That being the only thing you were offered, and by the way, the only thing you're ever going to be allowed to do. Fine. And also worshipping Apollo and More, sacrificing I can pretend. I'll More fake it until I make it. <laughs> More time for reading. It's, see, right? There probably aren't any books There's probably not going to be any books, yeah. No. And then there's going to come knock on your door at 3 a.m. Yeah. He's drunk. Oh, he's not And you're going to have to turn into a tree to get away from it. He'll have sex with a sheep. That's why you have them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or like Decoy enchant sheep. the sheep into pretty girls. I don't know. That seems kind of morally suspect to me. Sheep don't mind. <laughs> and now this is turning to a sideways no, mean thing about does, Scottish people. Because Kirk starts saying, touch me. Feel my human flesh. I didn't understand this at all. We're the same. We're human. Remember flesh. Blood without end. Human duty stuff. Yeah, she just does this sometimes. We just wait until it's over. Yeah. It's bizarre. He holds her hand and she's like, okay. Well, he's basically like, you're a fucking Starfleet officer. And human. Put on your big girl pants and do your job, which is to like thwart this man so we can get back to the ship. Yeah. I don't want my ship crushed and I don't want to be a shepherd. I'm on board with him to that as far as that goes. I'm so, so torn. But 6'3 is way too tall for me, so it's a moot point. <laughs> so they figure out that his temple is his temple, so they fire on it. It expl- It doesn't explode. It fades. Yes. Yeah. It fades. It fades into rubble. Fades into ruins. Yes. yes. She goes back and is like, oh, JK, I was just faking it. Uh, I, it was just for work. It was a professional thing. I was banging you I'm for science. I'm a scientist. Yeah. Yeah. And and I wrote, I really sad. wish she was sincere. So do I. I wish she had been playing him the entire time. I respect banging you for science far more than I respect. I've known you ten minutes. Let me worship you. Then he tries to tornado here and... More inexplicable lightning. Yeah. I feel like that was a metaphor for rape. Well, yeah, because she says, is that your secret power over women? Domestic violence, definitely. Yeah. Because... Here is the alternate ending to this episode. Oh, God. Is that they get back to the ship. Yeah. And they find out she's pregnant. Ew. Oh, my God. That is terrible. Wow. I'm glad they did not go with that ending. What's this guy's name again, the writer? Because I think I need to start my own list. Although, to be quite (laughs) honest, to be, like, with that ending, she did pretty sure just bang him for funsies. Oh, yeah. A couple of times. See, within my interpretation of that is that he forced himself on her and that is why she is pregnant. And Mm. she is going to now propagate the next generation of gods. Ew. Glad they went the other way. Yeah. Maybe DC came back. I just didn't see the end, so I don't know. Oh, you skipped out on the end? Oh, yeah. yeah. Smart girl. So we go back to these this temple scene with the statuary where there are definitely guys behind this wall moving the trees to pretend that it's wind, individually <laughs> moving them, which I love. At which point the temple fades away after they finish shooting it. They Spock, phaser it from space. Spock was so worried. He's like, get back, Captain, get back. Why? It's just going to wibble into nothingness. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk definitely takes time to tuck his shirt in before going in to investigate. Yeah. Now he hears about a shirt. And Apollo gives a sad monologue saying, I would have cherished and cared and loved for you. Did I ask so much? Once again, we have varying definitions of all of those words. Yes, you did ask a lot. You asked us to move off of our nice, comfortable ship to live in 
huts with sheep in squalor. There is no room for the gods. Apollo offers himself to the wind, at which point he also fades away. Yep, sure. Mm -hmm. Fine. And then Kirk, out of way left field, wraps it up by saying, I wish we hadn't had to do that. Bone says that. Would it have hurt us to gather a few laurel leaves? Yes. Yes, it would. Fuck you! Which completely negates the entire point and Kirk's position through the entire episode, which was we don't need no damn gods. Yeah. Except for that one censor. You heard that right. The one god. Is that we should have patronized him while he was busy patronizing us? Except his patronizing is a little bit more forceful. He didn't want to kill the goats, so screw yeah. him. I don't yeah. know. The ending was weird. It's it kind was of confusing. The the like the line. It was just it it, it basically threw out everything yeah. they said in the episode. Controversially, I think that's a great line. Oh, yeah. oh it's a good oh, line. But it has nothing to do with the rest of this episode. No, no. If he'd been portrayed as a little bit less omnipotent and a little bit less of like a complete raging bag of dicks, and if Kirk had been portrayed as anything less than no gods, <laughs> just God, 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 God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, life lesson from this episode. So, Trisha, we're gonna let you think about yours. To take away from the 25 minutes of the episode that you watched. <laughs> so, Kim, what is your life lesson to take away from this? From this? Uh, it's good to be God. <laughs> <laughs> Strong life lesson. Yeah. Uh, Ari. I'm actually going to agree with Kirk here um, that uh, we are better off when we don't depend on gods. <laughs> you communist. My life yes. lesson is, is just because someone is lonely does not mean you have to have sex with them. <laughs> yes. Or talk to them or give, you their fo- give them their phone number or anything. Mine is this is the one time when you can hit it and quit. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, performance of the episode, Kim. Uh, I'm giving it to Apollo just because he wore the hell out of that toga. (laughs) Agreed. Michael Forrest. Uh, Ari? I kind of want to split it uh, between Uhura and Spock, who were the most competent in this episode. It's performance of the episode, Ari and Cross. Competence is a performative value of the actors. Ugh, come back to me. <laughs> Trisha? I felt like Shatner just because... Yes. Oh, my <laughs> Just because yes. of the force choke. Yes. Not like... Uh, uh, he did not yes. choke pretty. Damn it, Trisha! <laughs> yes! Kareem? Yes! Um, strangely enough, not gonna give it to Shatner. <laughs> he looked tired. <laughs> I am going to give it to Leslie Parrish, who played LTC with enough self-possession that I didn't hate her. I just hated everything she chose to be. (laughs) (laughs) That she was made to be. Yes. Uh, Ari, back to you for performance of the episode. Can I give it to his toga? (laughs) How about we give it to Bill Theus, the costume designer? Sure. I'm always happy to credit the costume and uh, monster designers. That's true. They are amazing. Um, Ari, in your count? Uh, Seven ladies and six people of color. Hmm. Kim, your count. Um, the only person who died was Apollo, but it wasn't so much a death as a scattering unto the wind. <laughs> Did that count? Well, I mean, he did paint with all the colors of the wind. That is true, yeah. <laughs> so here's another question I have. Okay. Um, could Apollo have just reimagined himself as a new type of god? Why didn't he just change his game? Like, become the god of spaceships? Yeah. Like, why didn't he evolve and just become, like, the patron saint of cars or the patron saint of the internet? I think that kind of hits on what Kirk is trying to say, is that human beings evolve 
yeah. that were different, that were flesh, that were constantly changing in opposition to the gods who are essentially the stagnant. Static. They never change. They have no reason to change. They don't feel the same way we do. They don't strive the same way we do. So you have to remember that no matter how much he apes at being a human being, he isn't. That in some ways he's actually quite stupid and incapable of progressing. That's actually a kind of a repeating theme in Star Trek. It is. That, that stagnation is bad, that it's bad for you and it kills you. And this is maybe the most, the starkest example of that we've seen. Is that they actually stagnated themselves right out of existence. Yeah, that's true. Last On the other hand, yes. my personal preferred view of mythological gods is far more the, the, the Pratchett Gaiman version that gods themselves evolve as we evolve. Mm. So this guy just basically failed at that. I yeah, I find it very difficult because I feel like the episode really wants us to sympathize with him strongly. Yeah, especially at the very end where he, I think, is supposed to be gloriously committing suicide. suicide. Yeah, mm. um, by giving himself up, saying to the rest of his family, who are apparently the wind, yeah. um, that they were right. There's that he should. There's nothing for. Him there's here. no room for yeah. gods anymore. No. Yeah, and awesome. just like the salt monster, I think that we are supposed to have a pinch of salt. The salt monster was wronged. <laughs> the salt monster <laughs> was a murderer. The salt monster murdered people. Several people. The salt monster was given no other options if they had not just. Po- okay, we're not going back to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the salt monster was wronged. So are you saying that Apollo is wrong too? That they should have offered up their worship, which is the one sustenance in their entire for him? lives? No, because that's not something they could easily provide. Like salt! You can worship something half-heartedly, like, yeah, sacrifice a goat. Fine. Like going to church on Easter. Well, that's Kirk's question at the end that completely negates all of his other <laughs> position is, well, why couldn't we? Because you're fundamentally opposed to it? Is anybody opposed to salt, Corrine? They are opposed to getting okay. murdered. We're not having this whole con- monster conversation. It's just going to tear us apart. I am very interested by the idea that they sort of, like, what were they doing before Earth? If they're basically immortal, as long as they're getting enough worship food, worship kibble, whatever, what were they before? Or do they only form themselves around one type, like, one, like, pantheon of worship? And, and to follow that up, why couldn't they move on to another yeah. underdeveloped civilization that was in need of gods? All right. Theory. Works for the Gwaul. All of the planets that they seen where there was, it was statistically unlikely that there wouldn't be any other intelligent. intelligent life there. That's where they had been before and the human beings, the species had died out. They did say came home. Yeah. So they had been there before and either they went like planet jumped or they went out to earth as an excursion. By the time they came back, all of the civilizations that they'd previously been worshipped as were done. So gone. does that mean that they were Greek gods on those planets and those civilizations yes. died out and they just took that same mythology and transplanted it to earth? Yes. Because that is fascinating and a possible another route for the Stargate mythos, which I always really enjoy spotting. You're welcome. Yeah. No, that's an interesting idea. But again, I don't understand then why when they get back from Earth, they're like, oh, everyone else is gone. Let's go find somewhere else. That That's the part to me that just doesn't... I think it, it, it was feels because like they were whole... so weak. Oh, oh from lack of yes, worship. It right. Was, it was by the time that they got back, they were too weak to leave. Well, um, you know, I mean... trapped on this planet. I mean, if you think about it, if, if you think about like the, the, the traditional worship of Greek Roman gods sort of quite abruptly ended. Thanks, Christianity. Forcibly. Yeah. Christ- yeah. Good job. 
And a number of other things. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let's not forget. Yes. But, like, if one belief system was quite abruptly replaced with another, it would be like them suddenly being thrown into starvation. That's true. What I never understood is that if they were such great gods, why didn't they just lightning bolt everyone? That is another excellent question. Yeah. I am God. Zoop, zoop. <laughs> Worship me. <laughs> exactly. From seven, like, just show up and be 70 feet tall. Yeah. 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 Well, that would be a pretty convincing thing to Except all, that that's like, not how worship works. Isn't it? Or belief. Isn't it? Well, that's all, all the all these you will worship me or perish storylines never really work because that's not how belief works. And if you need sincere belief for your food or whatever, mm. then insincere belief won't work. They did that, again, in Stargate. That's and, true. Like, that, the Gwell didn't care if you genuinely believed as long as you obeyed because they weren't, like, psychically dependent on their belief, but the Ori actually mm. needed people to sincerely believe. Mm. So I think what we should take away from this is that we should all worship eels. <laughs> Sounds good. Done. So thank you, Trisha, for enduring us. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> you for joining us. Little, Do you have um, any other last thoughts that you would like to share? No. <laughs> you covered basically everything <laughs> and the kitchen sink. Yes. Exactly what we aspire to be. organ. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>